From a two-bedroom apartment on the west side of Los Angeles and across the reaches of the internet, it's High on Film! Tonight, we've got Regina Connolly, Robin Hitchcock, and Bob Shields of the Theronathon podcast with Reindeer Games. Like I said, I never was too much for the holidays. Until now, on this week's holiday episode. Well, happy holidays and welcome to another exciting episode of High on Film, Los Angeles' only irrelevant film review podcast show. My name's Chris Maxwell. I'm your host. Welcome to a very special holiday episode. Uh, we're, we're breaking all kinds of High on Film barriers here. Normally, we have guests in studio to watch a movie that they have chosen. We talk about it. Uh, not just me, of course, but my co-host and friend. Um, you know him as the co-host from the couch. The Walking Kevin Bacon game, and my favorite, the Brad Davis that God gave us, my co-host and friend, coming to us for the very first time remotely, Brad Davis. Hi, Chris. How's it going, sir? Hey, Brad. How are you, man? I'm doing well. <clears throat> Apologies in advance to our fans for my voice. Uh, it was an emotionally crippling football game I went to, <laughs> and I destroyed it. So, apologies in advance. Oh, well, it's quite all right, Brad. It's great to hear you, uh, Talking via the the great technology of the internet from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, while I'm still here in Los Angeles. So not only are is this a, a, a groundbreaking episode because you're remote, but you are remote for a reason. We are doing the very first High on Film crossover show. How fun is that? That is very fun. I'm very excited to be here. 3,000 miles <laughs> yeah, away from you. Because you right now are with our guests for today. Regina Connolly, Bob Shields, Robin Hitchcock, all of which are returning to High on Film, also known as the hosts of the Theronathon podcast. And you're with them in their studio. Hi! Hi. Yay! <laughs> hey, guys. Welcome back to High on Film. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you so much. A little pleasure. Now, I mean, we've been having this in the works for some time, and uh, of course you do the entire uh, catalog of Charlize Theron. And... We talked about coming on your show. We knew we'd have to do uh, something with her in it. And uh, I've never seen this before, but it just seemed too good to pass up. The holiday classic, Reindeer Games, from the year 2000, directed by John Frankenheimer, written by Aaron Kruger, who, it'll interest most of our fans, uh, was also the writer of Transformers Dark of the Moon, Revenge of the Fallen, and Age of Extinction, as well as this oh, lovely little gem. Oh. Yeah. Uh, also starring Mr. Ben Affleck, uh, Mr. Gary Sinise, small parts by Danny Trejo, Donald Logue. Who else am I missing? Oh, Dennis um, Farina. Dennis Farina, yes. Uh, I think the most important small part is that Ashton Kutcher is the runaway college kid. <laughs> that is correct. That is very true. Ashton Kutcher, uh, a very globally minded man, turns out, is, has a small cameo in this film. All right, guys. Trash Star Destroy. We take three movies of a similar ilk. Uh, we give them to you. It's kind of a little bit of a movie barometer. Uh, if you are familiar, I believe most of you are. One you must trash, which means it's eliminated from existence. One movie you get to star in in whatever role you'd like to take for yourself. And of course the third must be destroyed, which means that the only version of that film that exists has been written and directed by Mr. Michael Bay of Transformers Age of Extinction fame. <laughs> so, being as this is our Theronathon episode... I felt like we should do a Theronathon category. 
something. I wanted to pick three movies that you've already covered, so nothing that uh, you haven't talked about yet, so that you'd all be very well versed. And I think Brad and I found only one through line that uh, we could use. So we're calling it Beantown and Cape Town. It's Charlize paired with one of Boston's native sons. Of course, we'll do Reindeer Games in where she, where she plays opposite uh, Ben Affleck. We'll do The Legend of Bagger Vance uh, with uh, known chauvinist male, um, male Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you said something. <laughs> of course. Uh, I shouldn't have let Ben Affleck get off the hook there either. Uh, and actually, what turns out to be maybe the only guy without sexual allegations against him, her pairing with Mark Wahlberg in The Italian Job. Yeah, but he beat up someone in a hate crime. Yeah, he did some really shitty stuff still. Wait, yeah, yeah. It uh, was a woman? I thought he beat up a man. Not that it yeah, matters. Yeah, he beat up he a, beat a Vietnamese up. man because he was Vietnamese. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Matt Damon has not been accused of uh, sexual assault. He just can't keep he his mouth will shut. not shut his yes. fucking mouth. Yeah, he feels <laughs> the men in Hollywood sure. who don't sexually assault people need to be praised because that's... <laughs> Give me some praise. Yeah. All right. So, so, so anyway, <laughs> Trash Star Destroy, what a delightful segment and what an adorable name for it. Yes. Thank you. And also thank you for oh. picking movies we've definitely seen because as the person in this room who has seen the least number of movies, I was very concerned. <laughs> Remind me what movie she's in with Mark Wahlberg. Italian Job. Italian, Italian Job. job. <clears throat> Forgettable. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will say, though, that's probably the movie. That's probably the best of these three movies. Yeah. Which is not saying a whole lot. I mean, there is part of me that would maybe play the Damon role in Legend of Bagger Vance just to act with Will Smith, who I love. But that movie is very problematic in a lot of ways. (laughs) Um, So I'll probably star in Italian Job. And I'll probably take the Mark Wahlberg role because the rest of that cast is pretty stacked. You'll do better than him. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for Gene. Oh, sorry. Um, and so I will play the Mark Wahlberg role in Italian Job. I'm going to trash Legend of Bagger Vance just because that takes care of a lot of problems that are with that movie. And there's no way Michael Bay should be handling that kind of film anyway. And I'm going to give Reindeer Games to Michael Bay, which could make it better. That is exactly the right choice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think I have to agree with you on all counts there. I think I would even take the Mark Wahlberg role. I might take the Jason Statham role Mm. in Italian Job, just because I can do the voice. Um, (laughs) But other than that, I think I'm really... (laughs) What does he he even say in that movie? He should have said, you were only supposed to blow the bloody dolls off. But he didn't. That was his only reason to be there. They didn't even use him for that. Um, He'll never let it go. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I, but other than that, I'm with you on all counts. Definitely uh, erase Bagger Vance from history and give Reindeer Games to Michael Bay. Guys, I'm going to jump on this train as well, and I'll tell you, I'm going to be with you two in the Italian job. I'm going to take Edward Norton's role. Ooh. Oh! You'll be more excited uh, okay. to be there than yeah, he Yeah, he phoned it in. Uh, I am, and I, I know, and Michael Bay definitely needs Reindeer Games, and it goes in the Michael Bay Ben Affleck canon. That's, that's beautiful. I think oh, you convinced me. I didn't even think of that. I was gonna, I was gonna give Italian job to Michael Bay, uh, but he, you're right, he needs reindeer games. <laughs> he so, needs reindeer uh, games. Uh, clearly, I am trashing Legend of Bagger Vance, <laughs> which I, uh, I wish that I had these godlike powers now just for that. So the role that I want to play in Italian Job is Becky. <laughs> 
<laughs> who uh, you may not recall if you didn't Photoshop Keanu Reeves on her face, is the cable technician they steal a uniform from through seduction. Oh, right. Yeah, so I want to play Becky and get mapped on by Jason Statham. Who is now played by me, so that's going to be weird. Yeah. Oh, boy. Gina <laughs> does not look happy. I'm, I'm more confused because I still don't... I think my answer is going to be the most different from everybody. Oh. Uh, I think I'm going to give Italian job to Michael Bay because it can't be more boring. And maybe Lens Flair would, like, spice it up a little bit. Or that's J.J. Abrams who does yeah. that. In any case, it, the camera will move in different ways. Yes. Uh, and I am going to delete from existence reindeer games, because I find no redeeming qualities in it. And so I'm going to put myself in the terrible <laughs> film, Legend of Bagger Vance, for the same reason Brad Davis stated. I want to hang out with Will Smith for any amount of time, and that I would get paid for it would be pretty awesome. So who would you play? I'm going to play the uh, other golfer that is not Matt Damon, but who looks vaguely like him. The upright golfer. Bobby Jones! Yeah, Bobby Jones. <laughs> I'll, I'll be Bobby Jones. Because I don't think there are any other women in that movie, and I obviously am not going to take Charlize out, so. You could play the child. <laughs> I thought about playing the child, but I don't want to fall out of a tree, and I don't want to awkwardly watch them make out and have Matt Damon explain what sex is to me. <laughs> Yeah, you definitely don't want that. Yeah, he's doing that too much already. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'll just play golf with him instead. I would be intrigued to see what Michael Bay's extreme golf in Bagger Vance would have been. <laughs> but I think it's best we erase that. Yeah, just wait till Michael Bay gets to, like, to be 60, and then he'll end up doing a golf movie, I bet you. <laughs> yeah. Space golf. You heard it here first. <laughs> All right, guys, let's do one more category. Since this is our holiday episode, though you may not know it yet, here it comes. Our next Trash Star Destroyed category we're calling The War on Christmas. And it is three action movies that take place during Christmas time. We'll do, of course, uh, the one that's newly having a Christmas backlash, Die Hard. We'll do Shane Black's tentpole lethal weapon. And, of course, the Christopher Walken installment of the Batman franchise, Batman Returns. Uh, <clears throat> all right, well... I probably have to star in Die Hard, because I have to keep that movie the same, because it's wonderful. Uh, what role, though? I guess I gotta take the John McClane role. I mean, I can't, I wouldn't forgive myself if I couldn't do that. So, I'm taking the Bruce Willis role. Sorry, Bruce. Um, and then I get all the rest of the movies in that franchise, which puts a lot of money in my <laughs> bank account. Um... And then the other two are, oh, Batman Returns, and what was the other one? Your love is like a lethal weapon, Brad. Yes. Uh, I'm going to give, ooh, I'm going to give lethal weapon to Michael Bay, and I'm going to trash Batman Returns. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. I, I think that's a better fate than giving that movie to Bay, though. Yeah. It's, that's not easy. Um <sighs> It, would, it wouldn't have the same charm as if Tim Burton directed it. No, definitely not. I mean, you still have a great cast, but I think I'm going to trash that. Boy, that's only one of the... There's only so many good Batman movies. That's true. Uh, but I'm going to stand by that. Trash uh, Batman Returns... At, or, I'm trashing... Wait, what did I say? Trashing Batman Returns yeah. and giving Lethal Weapon to Michael Bay. <laughs> I am going to trash Lethal Weapon... Because hopefully it would have spared us some of Mel Gibson's problematic career. So, and also, look, like, 
<laughs> I, I love buddy cop movies more than all other kinds of movies. That one's not... We don't need it to survive <laughs> as a culture. And I agree with Brad. We gotta protect Die Hard. So I am going to cast myself as the pregnant woman who says, you think the baby could handle a little sip? Because I feel like I can handle that and I won't ruin the movie. <laughs> and then I'm uh, going to give Batman Returns to Michael Bay. And I agree, it makes me nervous. But we know that the Batman franchise can die and be revived. Oh, so we know it, like that's going to happen in a few years anyway. So if it happened in 92... We would have maybe seen uh, Nolan Batman movies earlier. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, that might mean that we never have Memento, which is a beautiful movie. It is. I love Memento. But uh, I think I'm actually agreeing with you again on all, pretty much all counts. Uh, I'm like, you, uh, Die Hard has to remain as, as as perfect as it is. Like, I don't want anything to happen to that. Um, though I don't know who I would play in that. I, I'm loath to say that I would play the Alan Rickman role at the, by, by being accused of like, how dare you, sir? Because that role is perfect the way it is. Um, but that would be a great role to have. Um, so I guess... Brad's playing John McClane. I think you can take uh, Gruber if you want, man. That's all right. We'll, we'll, we'll go for this. Uh, I'll take uh, Hans Gruber. Um, I would also... I think I would give Michael Bay Lethal Weapon just because I find that movie, like, I every time I've seen that movie, I'm like, this is a good movie. And then I forget all about it. I'm like, I remember he shoots a smiley face into a target um, and he calls lesbians disgusting at some point. Um, but beyond that, I don't really remember much about it. Um, so I think if Michael Bay did it, there would at least be some action set pieces that were impressive. Uh, so I, I would go for that. And then, yeah, Erasing Batman Returns doesn't really affect the timeline all that much. Oh, you're so wrong. You're so wrong! <laughs> I'm all of you! Batman Returns is a treasure, and we should do everything to protect it. Fuck Lethal Weapon. Fuck Die Hard, comparatively. Um, uh, so, yeah. So, goodbye Lethal Weapon. I've never seen it, so I won't miss it. Uh, Die Hard, I've seen once. I don't care that much. So, Michael Bay, good, you know, riddance to that. And then it was really difficult to come up with who I would be in Batman Returns because I think that is a perfect movie. And again, not really a lot of ladies in it. And I would do nothing to separate Michelle Pfeiffer from her role as Catwoman. I agree. Yeah. That's the most, like, that's the thing that kills me about you guys destroying it. Yeah. Um, and me potentially destroying it through Bay. Yeah. Also, when you described it as a Christopher Walken Batman, I was like, I don't even remember him being in it. The only thing about that movie that I remember is, you know, skipping rope on her whip. Uh,. But so I'm going to take the Danny DeVito role because I am very comfortable playing a disgusting villain. And I feel like I could do that. So Danny DeVito, I love you, but that's the only role I feel comfortable taking. Cool. Good to know. Yeah, I I mean, I'm with you, Regina. I, I don't know what to do because I'd like to preserve Batman Returns. But I, I think that it might fall the way of Michael Bay just because I don't know who I'm going to be in it. And I don't, I don't know. I don't have a whole desire for any of those Batman characters, you know? Um, and, unfortunately, it still exists, but then it's just, you know, now we have, what, three bad ones before we have to reboot with Nolan. Uh, I think easily trash Lethal Weapon. There are at least two other good Shane Black Christmas action movies in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and Iron Man 3. Yes! Uh-huh. Yeah, and I'll, I'll half count Nice Guys. Because I, I was lukewarm on that. Yeah, I was. Yeah. And also, they, they didn't 
I when that movie came out, John Feitner saw it, and I was like, John, is it set at Christmas? And he's like, they don't tell you until the end. Uh, so <laughs> that barely counts. Be who you are, Shane Black. <laughs> well, he's got to have some real damaging act that happened on a Christmas uh, holiday, right? Yes, like the kid in Gremlins. Don't get him wet. That's all I know about Gremlins. Um, so, and then so, no, I'm gonna be in Die Hard, and I think I'm gonna be probably uh, one of the agents, Johnson. Oh, nice! Oh, oh yeah. yeah, you could cool. do that. Yeah, I think that'd be fun. Get to be a little bit of comic relief in the movie. All right, and we'll be right back with more high on film right after this. back high on film talking reindeer games with the hosts of the Theronathon podcast. Of course, we like to start things off with our official game segment here, the first one being the summary game. We're each taking a turn at summarizing reindeer games in a thousandth of the time that it actually takes to view. Now, of course, I should it should go without saying at this point, but I will say it anyway. We are getting into spoiler country. Taking taking those first steps into this uncharted territory. So if you haven't seen Reindeer Games, there are twists, there are turns, and we're going to spoil at least some of them for you here. Now, there are also two versions of this film. Uh, the theatrical release is 104 minutes, and the director's cut is 124 minutes. Extra 20 minutes. Now, I, I think, Robin, you told me off-air that you watched the director's cut. Uh, all of Theronathon watched the director's cut. I watched both. This week? How? Yes. Oh, Robin. <laughs> I know. And I still haven't seen The Last Jedi. <laughs> Your commitment is horrifying. <laughs> I actually, I bought the director's cut, and then I was like, oh no, it's the director's cut. And then I saw the regular version, also on the dollar rack at a different store, and I was like, okay, now I have both. Started watching the regular version, and then Regina was like, oh, we got the director's cut. Yeah. And I was like, well... I guess I'm watching both. So and you purchased them? Yeah, you bought a physical copy? For a dollar. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, Bob and I found ours on a tree, and uh, <laughs> it happened to be the director's cut edition, and what the, the movie tree gives, that's what we take. Pittsburgh so, is a magical place. Uh, let me just tell you oh. that they, they're plot-wise identical. Uh, the director's cut primarily just has more exposition. Oh, God. So, But honestly, it's helpful. Okay, well, I'm yeah. curious. So let's do the summary game. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. So he, the way we'll do this is uh, both Brad and I will get 10.4 seconds since we watched the theatrical release, and you guys get 12.4 seconds each to get in the extra exposition. Uh, now, of course, during our break, we had our patented coin toss coin toss, where I tossed a three-sided coin into the air, and Brad, via the internet, called it. And <laughs> fucking believably, it came up Ted, just like Brad had said. So Brad, continues. it is your prerogative, sir. First, second, third, fourth, or fifth today. <laughs> uh, Chris, I'll let you start it off, buddy. Oh, great. Okay. Um, okay, 10.4 seconds on the board. Do you want to count me down, Brad? I, Bob's doing it. I'll, I'll time it here as well. Okay. Just in case you cut out, Chris. All right, you ready, Chris? Yeah, I'm ready when you guys are. All right, three, two, one. One go. A guy gets murdered in jail, uh, and Ben Affleck takes his place because he has a hot girlfriend and he likes listening to her letters. Uh, he ends up getting a coerced by your brother to rob a casino that he was supposed to work at, but doesn't. He ends up making a huge shit show of the thing. They, damn. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
I did what I could. It is a convoluted uh, plot. Extraordinarily convoluted. Bob, I think you're up next, sir. All right. 12.4. Right. 12.4 seconds. All right, ready? Ready, steady. Ben Affleck uh, is released from prison uh, shortly after his uh, cellmate is murdered. He assumes his cellmate's identity to have sex with his girlfriend. Uh, his girlfriend uh, then gets him... Uh, time! Fucking... Time, time. There's that, so much plot in this shitty movie. That was like the first five minutes. Probably <laughs> in Hitchcock. Can I ask, am I like al- allowed to summarize? Like you guys are trying to go in order. Like just hey. It's, it's however you cool. yeah, it's Got however it. you determine it. Alright, let's live your life. One, two, go. Casino heist in the Upper Peninsula with people dressed as Santa. Charlize Theron isn't who she says she is, and neither is Ben Affleck. Oh, I've got four more seconds. It's terrible. <laughs> Time. <laughs> well, yeah, that's pretty accurate, actually. <laughs> uh, am I going next? Okay. All right. Three, two, one. Ben, Fuck, ben Affleck gets out of jail to have sex with Charlize Theron. Uh, they end up get, stealing him to do a casino heist with her fake brother, who actually ends up being her boyfriend. Uh, it really is a double thing, because the guy who got killed in jail is actually the one who helps. Ooh, nice. Okay, that was still messy. <laughs> Anybody listening to that's gonna be like, uh, "What?" Yeah, I mean, that, I, that's what I was like after I saw the whole movie. So I, I think you did very well. <laughs> and Regina. Yep. Okay. Three, two, one. Leaving prison leads to identity theft, leads to kidnapping, leads to a grand heist of a casino. A bunch of Santas break in and they try to rob the place, but the powwow safe ends up shooting everyone, and then someone <laughs> goes off of a cliff. Exactly. <laughs> 12.3 <laughs> Nailed it. Yay! <laughs> and I'm glad somebody mentioned the powwow safe. Powwow safe. Uh, yeah. uh, oh, so we're, we gotta score this, right? Oh yeah, do we need paper? <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, this score is between zero and two points. Zero being minimum, two the highest you can do. Uh, we each score each other. Uh, please use decimals. We like to score uh, each other numerically, as, as friends do. All right, guys, it's time for milking it. The final and this time only second game of the podcast. Reaching a draw card from the big box of Hollywood ideas of prequels, sequels, reboots, and genres. On said card will give us a new way to look at, to reimagine, to reuse any of the details, characters, plot points, plot twists from Reindeer Games and create a brand new movie. We each need a title and a quick summary, as is customary here on High on Film, but because this is our Theronathon crossover... You guys do something every week where you decide who Keanu Reeves should play in the movie you have watched. So I think it's only appropriate that part of our milking it must include a part for Mr. Keanu Reeves. Alright. Now, unfortunately, I will have to draw remotely for each one of you since the big box of Hollywood ideas very infrequently travels. (laughs) Um, boy, who went? I went first on that last game, so uh, let's go. What was it, Bob? You're you're up first. Okay. And you get the sequel, my friend. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Who's next, Regina? Yes. You're gonna do the reboot. Okay. That could work. Um, uh, Robin. Yep. You're going to do it as a fairy tale movie. Nice. Brad Davis. Yes, sir. You're getting it as a martial arts film. <laughs> Terrific. 
the prison riot's gonna be epic. Yeah. <laughs> also, I, I think that helps your Keanu casting as well, actually. Perfect. <laughs> and I'll draw a card. I have a sci-fi thriller. A sci-fi thriller. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with five brief brand new movies for your listening enjoyment right after this. And we're back. Right in the middle of milking it for high on film, doing reindeer games with Theranathon. All right. Hi. Welcome back, guys. Five brand new movies for your listening enjoyment. Let's start off with the sequel. Bob, are you ready? I'm ready. Hit us. Ben Affleck is back in jail because, obviously, <laughs> he left a bunch of forensic evidence all over his hometown. Uh... So, in jail, he tells the story of the first film to his new cellmate, Keanu Reeves. Yes! With presumably a character name, but we'll just call him Keanu Reeves. Uh, And his cellmate is like, so wait, you know how to rob a casino? Uh, And then when he gets out, his cellmate gets out before him. And then when he gets out, his cellmate is waiting for him. He's like, hey, I've got this plan. We need you to help us rob a casino. And Ben Abbott's like, wait, what? I'm not going to do that. He's like, no, you've got to do it. It's for whatever reason. And uh, <laughs> then, uh, of course, hijinks ensue. ensue um, there's presumably Christmas-themed uh, reindeers and Santas involved. Uh, everyone gets killed, including Keanu, unfortunately. And uh-huh. Ben Affleck, unfortunately, survives. Uh, and the title is Reindeer Games 2. Oh, that's the other thing um, I should have mentioned. Uh, Keanu Reeves reveals that he is the cousin or otherwise relative of, of Danny Trejo's character. That's the twist. And the, so the, therefore the title is Reindeer Games 2, Second Christmas to Stimulate Growth. <laughs> <laughs> is that in the non-director's cut? It is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because that was Danny Trejo's great idea in the first one. And one of the only things he even said. Oh, is that when they're in the truck? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's actually in. I think that's in the regular one, too. Because yeah. he's like, oh, I can't believe. Oh, I wish you weren't taking those night classes or whatever. That's one of the few things that made me genuinely laugh. Me, too. Yeah. I'm glad that was mentioned, actually. <laughs> good one. Yeah, very good. Very good. I should mention we are scoring each other again. Uh, zero to five points for this game. And who are we going next? Uh, Robin? Yes, please. So I got Reindeer Games as a fairy tale. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to say I'm not 100% cheating, hear me out, but I'm starting with the premise that Santa is real equals a fairy tale. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Right? So this is going to be, instead of a casino, it is Santa's workshop. And instead of an ex-con, I'm imagining some kind of uh, social injustice system with the elves, for obvious reasons, and um, Ben Affleck is an elf uh, on the reindeer farm. Okay, that's what the, that's where the bad elves go, is they go farm the reindeer. So he and his cellmate Keanu on the reindeer farm, uh, basically we go through the same stuff that we do here. Charlize is playing Mrs. Claus. Yeah. I love it. And... So, but she's in, you know, they have an affair and then we find out that she's involved because guess what? She was Ravenna from 
the Huntsman movies all along from Snow White and the Huntsman and the Huntsman Winter's War. And this is all her plot to make the North Pole part of her kingdom. Amazing. Yes. Sweet. So it's going to be called Slay Queen. Slay (laughs) (laughs) S-L-E-I-G-H. Uh, great title. That's pretty great. I, I, bonus points for Expanded Universe, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, Brad Davis? Yes, sir. You want to hit All us right. with your martial arts film? Oh, want is a strong word, but here we go. Um, <laughs> so, bear with me. I'm going to mess with kind of the plot of what Reindeer Games is. But either way, so we're going to have Rudy and Nick. We could change the names, but Keanu's playing Rudy now. And both of them actually go into jail together. For kicking somebody to death. (laughs) (laughs) So somehow they're getting paroled at some point and they're now getting out. And of course, but before that happens, we have a prison riot where it's just no weapons, all kicking. And and Nick gets kicked to death. So now uh, Rudy, played by Keanu again, is out. And now it's actually the situation where... Nick's girlfriend, Charlize, shows up and they, she actually knows that Rudy is Rudy and Nick is now passed away. So they kind of commiserate together uh. over the loss of Nick and then kind of st- things start bubbling up and they end up, you know, quote unquote, falling in love. Um, but then it also, her, air, again, air quotes, brother shows up and now um, needs him to help him take down uh, this, like, gang-run place to rob them, and the gang is called the Reindeers. So they have to now break into here and fight the Reindeers in order to rob the place, or uh, the brother is going to kill both of them. Um, So it's obviously revealed that she is hooking up with the brother all along, and then it's, again, kind of like in the movie, revealed that really Nick's alive, and they have to have, of course, a dual fight at the end and Keanu kicks everybody to death (laughs) and the movie's called Kicking Reindeer (laughs) very nice Brad alright I'll go I'll take uh, that uh, cue and head into my sci-fi thriller which oh boy okay Um, so (laughs) it's it's set on a Christmas planet in space Uh, so it kind of assumes that uh the premise of a lot of like B horror movies, Christmas horror movies, where Santa and his elves and reindeer are aliens. Um, so there's a whole Christmas planet. Uh, Santa, kind of a nobody on this planet, because a lot of people have, you know, Christmassy dress things. Uh, he is a convict, of course, unfortunately, but with a good heart. Uh, his elf cellmate dies in, uh, in, of course, a Christmas planet space prison riot. Um, and... Santa actually, in the riot, breaks out. Um, and so he's now a pretty famous convict. It gets a little bit of uh, infamy for his uh, uh, prison escape. Uh, and he meets up with Mrs. Claus, who, you know, she tells him, you know, his years in the pen, they've gone broke. Um, but she's met this guy, this, this Jack Frost character, played by Keanu Reeves, <laughs> who has a plan to <laughs> rob a big casino. Uh, but how can they do it? I mean, that... Uh, with Santa, if he's so well known, so they decide to all dress up as Santa uh, and uh, go in, rob this casino. They pull it off, but Mrs. Claus has double-crossed him. Uh, she has like a Mission Impossible mask. She pulls it off, 
Uh, I'm taking away some of the convolution here, and it's just the elf again as Mrs. Claus. Um, they don't actually have sex or anything, though, in this movie. Uh, <laughs> and since Santa is still an escaped convict uh, to get away, he and Mrs. Claus and a few of his elf friends that they still have actually end up settling uh, on Earth, uh, far away from all of this. And therefore starting the Santa myth here on our planet. Oh, and it's called Foggy Christmas Eve. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Nice. Nice. And Regina... You want to bring it home with the reboot? The reboot. So after all these fine uh, iterations, it's time to freshen up the franchise. And as we know, uh, all lady reboots are the thing right now. So Ocean Yay! 8, uh, etc. are inspiration for this. So I'm going to get rid of Ben Affleck because no one wants him in this movie again. And instead, Steve Buscemi is going to come in, as he <laughs> always should have done. But he will be taking the Ben Affleck role. And he is in prison. And his cellmate gets a shiv. And he's really upset about it because he knows that his cellmate's girlfriend is waiting for him but rather than lying to her like an asshole he just goes to be a friendly face to be like hey my friend died and your boyfriend died and i just wanted you to hear it from me not from a prison guard and that girlfriend is Charlize theron returning to this uh movie because she can and uh they form a bond and Charlize decides because he's been honest with her that she's gonna let him in on her plan which is to rob uh, an Amazon-like company um, because Steve Buscemi was in prison for white-collar crime, and so she's like, you're going to be really helpful because uh, you understand this world and you're going to get us in. And she blames this company because that's why her boyfriend uh, went to prison is because he worked for them and he uh, embezzled from them and she didn't think that the punishment fit the crime, so she's going to get back at them. And her crack team is going to include uh, luminaries such as Tessa Thompson, Michelle Rodriguez, uh, Lucy Liu, and Angelina Jolie uh, because of salt. And that's why I'm putting her in there. Uh, and they are going to attack them at their Christmas party. They're going to die hard style. Yeah, exactly. They're going to go in as Santas for like a Toys for Tots like uh, thing. And uh, the CEO of the company is fine Keanu Reeves. Um, nice. Yeah. And rather than everyone dying in a grisly fashion, because it's the reboot, uh, Keanu is going to teach Charlize, they're going to have a connection, there's going to be love again, uh, and he's going to end up leaving with the team, and the two dudes are just going to be with the team, and they're all going to escape, but they'll have left, uh, you know, Santa bodies behind, but nobody dies in this one. Wow. So there you go. What's it called? It is called Do You Recall? <laughs> <laughs> because she wants him to know that her boyfriend's life was worth more than that. <laughs> and a great reboot title. <laughs> Excellent. Well, guys, as soon as you're done scoring, please pass your digital scorecards to the front of the class for final edition as we move into the pessimistic end of our podcast. Podcast regrets. Anything you regret saying or not saying during the uh, the uh, duration of this podcast? I regret thinking that Regina didn't know why Rudy and Nick were named Rudy and Nick. <laughs> <laughs> um, I regret that Harvey Weinstein had anything to do with this movie and that oh. we then had to uh, watch it or pay for it. I don't think he gets any residuals from my purchase from the exchange. I hope not. Yeah. I, really <laughs> I don't know. He seems to have people everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> that son of a bitch. Um, my regret is 
a couple things not being mentioned. A, I hate voiceovers in movies, and the voiceover oh. in this movie is horrible, and pointless, and come like <laughs> and we have it at the beginning and goes away forever, completely, and all of a sudden it's back at the end. And the only other thing I want to say is that Ben Affleck at one point tells Charlize Theron that he had better sex in prison, and how fucking oh. dare you, sir? <laughs> Ew. Oh yeah. yeah. How dare you? Wait a second. Did he? I mean, he could have had been having consensual sex with Nick. But they Ooh. should have explored that. I mean, I think it's supposed to be like a... Yeah. Like I think just, it's supposed to be... It's a prison like insult. It's, it's a an prison in, Yeah, joke. and it's supposed to be an insult, yeah. but I don't... First of all, it's a bad joke. Yeah. Second of all, I don't buy that for one second. <laughs> yeah. um, I would mention, if you're thinking of watching this movie, you should instead watch The Lookout and Lucky Number Slevin, both of which are better movies. Lucky Number... I've never seen The Lookout. Lucky Number Slevin is a great movie. Right. Yeah. It's been I, in my Netflix queue for forever. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Okay. It's it's almost as convoluted as this, but it's more fun. And Josh Hartnett is more convincingly charismatic and cocky. And the plot makes more sense. It, yeah. It's still a little convoluted, but it definitely makes more sense in this movie. Right, yeah. All right, I have three podcast regrets. Number one, I'm sorry that I did not take my cat's collar off. She's been <laughs> very noisy. Sleigh bells! Uh, it's been sleigh bells. Like, yeah, I like it. I think it's added a festive jingle bells to the podcast. Oh, yeah. good. Name is the sixth chair in this instance. Uh, two, I am sad that I didn't get to mention that Ben Affleck has the most pathetic workout sequence I've ever seen on film. Because, like, he's in prison and he's doing, like, he essentially should be doing, like, knee push-ups, and then he does sit-ups that the president's fitness test would not allow. Like, they were so embarrassing for him. And I was like, sir, you can't even reach your knees for this. Um, but I guess, I don't know, that's supposed to show that he's weak. I, I don't think it's supposed to. I think no. he's supposed to be impressed with those push-ups. But let me tell you, movie push-ups have come a long way. Mm. Um, this, yeah, it's embarrassing. And then my third and final... Charlize's movie push-ups in Prometheus, way, yeah. way better. Charlize is anything way yeah. better than those sad, sad sit-ups. <laughs> uh, and my third podcast regret is... This movie relied a lot on a camera technique that I don't know what it is, but it would be two people on screen, and one of them would be this weirdly extreme, intense close-up, and then the other person in the background sort of askew. Yes! Uh, and, and there's a point where this happens at one hour and six minutes into the director's cut, and I don't know why they kept doing it. The split and focus? Possibly. Yeah. And it just looked terrible, and it was never, like, balanced at all, and I found it super distracting throughout the movie. It would be like, here is three quarters of this person's poor, and I don't know why it was so zoomed in. Yeah, it's like, it's it's deep focus, because everyone's in focus, but someone's face is usually very close to one side of the screen or the other, while the rest of the screen is the rest of the scene going on. It happens in, yep. to Affleck a couple of times, and I wonder if that's Frankenheimer's style? I haven't seen... Manchurian Candidate or Birdman of Alcatraz in a really long time. Those are too old for him to have been doing that. I yeah. have Ronin, seen, maybe? I that. I just, I don't know. Like, uh, I think I think we haven't spent enough time talking about how visually ugly this movie is. Yeah, that's On fair. top of the plot yeah. being terrible and the acting being lackluster, like, it has no visual inspiration, visual storytelling, and the one choice it does make, I find, uh, to be narratively irrelevant. It's also weird because he directed the movie Ronin two years earlier, and that movie oh, that movie is, is amazing! That car chase yeah. is phenomenal. That's such a good movie. Yeah. And Manchurian Candidate is a Obviously masterpiece. Yeah. Yes. It's great. And that brings I, me to my podcast regret, actually. Uh, which is, Frank and I are also directed Island of Dr. Moreau, which for some reason has come up a lot recently on our podcast. <laughs> and I did want to make sure I brought that up. Yeah. Wow, he directed that yeah. too? Yeah, yeah, the Brando Moreau. Weird yeah. list of movies. Yes, very... 
Very eclectic, he's but work- not good. He's a working director. He just takes what he can get. <laughs> Took what he can yeah, get. Right? R.I.P. Oh, yeah. R.I.P. All right, guys. I have the points tallied here. Uh, unfortunately for me, I came in fifth place. Merry Christmas, oh. Chris. 20.3 points. Here was the real contest, actually. For, for third and fourth place, we are separated by a tenth of a point. It is Bob, 22.6 points, to Brad Davis's 22.7. So Brad is third. Just beat me. Just beat you. We move up to Robin with 24.8 points, and Regina, clear the winner, 25.1 points to take home today's podcast. Thank you. Nice. Well deserved. I almost wish I was fourth place so we could just prove that everybody's better at our podcast than us, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, I don't think we need proof of that. We know that. Yeah, yeah. The stats actually speak to it. <laughs> well, guys, that's our show. Do you guys have anything to plug? Obviously, listen to Theronathon, everybody. Uh, especially their episode on Reindeer Games, out now. Guesting, uh, or having us as guests. Uh, I would love to plug our Instagram for Theronathon, which is at Charlize Theronathon on Instagram, in which you will see uh, Keanu Reeves recast in every movie that we've watched. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. Thank oh, you. It brings me such joy me every too. time. Uh, we're also on Twitter at Theronathon, um, so please follow us there and enjoy it. And if you happen to be in Pittsburgh, uh, come to the Arcade Comedy Theater because Robin and I are always there. That's true. I, I can't recommend your guys' show enough. I, I love your podcast, and I- I'm very grateful that you guys uh, wanted to do this crossover episode with us today. This has been such a delight. Uh, yeah, we've been you. wanting it since the very beginning. <laughs> well, Merry Christmas well, we, to everyone out there. We steal ideas from you guys all the time. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Brad Davis, anything to promote today? Just uh, at BD, always GP, and I, everything you've said about their podcast, I completely support. It is so entertaining and so fun. Especially their uh, episode 15 Minutes, because I've seen <laughs> that movie, and that podcast had me, the, I'm sorry, the post-credit thing where you're just whining <laughs> so mad. I literally was laughing out loud in my car when I heard that. I was laughing so hard at that. So I, I can't, I can't say that enough. Thank you so much. Thank you. And I'm at Cross Maxwell across your social media accounts. That's Chris with an O in place of the I. At High on Film is the show. Uh, wherever you'd like to find us, uh, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or the site. Uh, and we will be back in two weeks on January 8th with our next episode as we head in to, I, I guess this is the right time to announce it, Brad. It feels weird with you so far away, but the final 20 episodes of High on Film. <gasps> <laughs> it is true. It is yeah. it is sad, but it is true. Final twenty? Final twenty. Okay. What's well, that gonna bring you up to? Two fifty. We'll we'll end at two fifty. Oh man. Wow. Oh, guys. My heart hurts. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but thank you so much for listening. We will see you in two weeks. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Thank you guys at Theronathon. Thank you, Brad. Hope you all have wonderful holidays. Alright guys, we love you. Goodbye. <laughs>